0: Uh, hi, Mike. Hi. Welcome to our podcast.
1: Yeah, we've done a lot of
0: these. Yeah, we're getting we're getting almost weekly. Yeah, we need a Kickstarter. We should do a Kickstarter. I'll do T-shirts. I hear
1: a <laughs> I hear a weekly, <laughs> weekly podcast. is worth a lot of money.
0: One hundred fifty grand, apparently.
1: Yeah, they actually deserve it, though.
0: No, they absolutely do. We're speaking of 99% Invisible, which if you don't listen, uh, you should listen. Yeah. You can stop listening to our show and just listen to that if you want.
1: No, you should go listen
0: to that and then come back. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, Podcasts is not a zero-sum game, Colin. Everybody. A rising boat. Water. Water rises all boats.
0: All the boats are rising.
1: Jelly beans.
0: So it's been a big week. For us, yeah. For everyone,
1: for everyone, I guess for Apple too.
0: Yeah, and we are all Apple, Mike. Apple is all us. No, no, I'm pretty sure. Um, We launched a new website. We did. What's that all about? Why did we do that?
1: I don't know. Why did we do that? You told me to. We had to. No,
0: it was the old one. Looked old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So it's a it's a couple things. It's a design update. It's, um, you know, we've added an app and we've sort of changed, the market's changed a lot since that last website went up. Um, We have a lot more customers and we have a lot more support and we have a lot more experience selling products. And so it was just, it was time to go back and make a site that looks new and, you know, foreground some of the support stuff and makes it more user focused. And then we slipped in a bunch of like, you know, the, the Internet's changed a lot in the last few years, too. So we were able to sneak in things like, you know, support for iPhones and tablets and what else? One, I think Readability, a big, accessibility stuff.
0: Yeah, I think a big part of it was um also just having the space to add more content. Like our, our old design, both you know, in terms of dimensions but also just in terms of layout, it was hard to sort of cram more pages in and actually, you know, say all the things we wanted to say. Yeah. So I think this gives us room to grow going forward. I agree. And so we're I using be- um Bootstrap which is the way to go for these things, I guess, now, or it was. Now I'm sure something else is new. Uh, What was your overall thought on using a sort of framework like that on the design side? Uh, Well, I mean, do you want to explain what it is a little bit? So Bootstrap um, comes from Twitter, and it's a... I don't know what the proper sort of term would be for it. Um, It provides a framework for doing your... HTML and CSS, along with some JavaScript support for building the front end of an application. It's like a UI toolkit.
1: Yeah, it's like a scaffold to build a site with.
0: And so it gives you a grid system, it gives you lots of really nice sort of widgets, um, and just lots of helpers to make your, you know, let you keep clean HTML and provide a really nice design. And sort of, if you've... if you get it all familiar with bootstrap. You'll notice that seemingly every internet site nowadays uses bootstrap.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was so, yeah. So I had a, on the whole, it was a really good experience. Um, the two things I didn't love about working with it was one, what you just said, you know, there's definitely a look and feel to bootstrap sites. Um, which is both good and bad. I mean, if you're just trying to get a site up, it's very easy to get a site that's sort of the bare minimum, you know, 2013 website look and feel, um, just because that all comes for free. But at the same time, you know, it's hard to beat out a lot of that stock look.
0: Right. I mean, I think um, our site looks pretty good. we kind
1: of, we're probably... 6040, I would say. We have sixty percent custom and forty percent sort of stock web three looking site. Yeah. That's probably about which right. is you know, which is about right, I think. And you know, and we do you know, there were places where it was more important to me that we, you know, have a custom look. You know, the store obviously you know, the store and some of the support pages and stuff are where we're most you know, generic, which seems right to me, um, and the more you know, marketing product pages are more custom, and I think you know that's about the right balance to set. You know, we're not web designers; we didn't want to spend
0: months on this, right? And we, so we didn't go through a visioning process. Exactly.
1: So you know, we we got a lot of stuff for free, and that stuff was all nice, um, and it's not hard to. You know, replace the default stuff with some. I mean, for the most part, it's not hard to replace the yeah. default stuff. It's a little bit harder than having just started from scratch, making a page that's custom, but, but not too bad.
0: You got a nice site for, you know, a lot less work than it would be doing it from scratch.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like any of these things. The first 80% took eighty percent of your time and the next twenty percent took another eighty percent of your time and the last twenty percent <laughs> took another eighty percent of your time. Right. Which is fine, you know. It worked yep. out well. Yep. I I'm I'm on the whole happy with the process and the
0: tools we used. Yeah, I think it's a nice site. We'd love to have some feedback if folks have other issues or and we'll be tweaking it as we go here, I'm sure. I'm very happy with the way our manuals came out. That was oh yeah, made me happy. Tell explain that.
1: So in the past, we haven't. Um, yeah, one of the big things we got out of this redesign was the um, basically an online version of our product manuals.
0: Right. Until recently, all our manuals were done in InDesign, and then mm-hmm. we spit out PDFs, which were always available for download and available under the Help menu of our applications. And we've now moved to Markdown as the canonical source for our manuals with external images and everything. And then uh, we use Pandoc to convert them into both, um, well, temporarily into LaTeX and then from LaTeX into PDF and also into HTML. And then the HTML is injected along with Bootstrap's um, table of contents type deal um, to make an online version. Right. So they can see that if they go to just com in the bottom right
1: corner, there's links to those three manuals. Yeah. I think, yeah, it turned out really nice. And I think, you know, it's nice having them on the website so that they show up in people searches and we can send people to them from Twitter or elsewhere, support emails, things like that. Um, but the other, I mean, it's, it's really nice for us, too, having the source format being a text file instead of an Adobe InDesign
0: right. file. It, it's, yeah, very nice. Um, also means that, you know, in our Git repository, we can actually see the changes and we can edit them with tools we like. And, um, you know,
1: because... We can easily spell check things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so. pretty nice. It's, yeah, That's that was a huge win. Um yeah, that, I think that's that's a pretty nice change. Um and you know, once you get over the hurdle of mounting LaTeX, since I'd never done LaTeX before, um I think it's pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. So um along with the new website we shipped, ScopeBox three point three point two, which despite no. being only a hundredth bump, is actually a pretty big change.
1: It's actually fairly big, especially if you're a Final Cut Pro X user. So it was what, in three three that we shipped ScopeLink for yep. the first time. Yeah. And so 3.3.2 adds support for Final Cut Pro X as a uh, you know as a ScopeLink host. Um, and with that, it sort of changed the way that we had to... Um, you know, sort of the relationship between the host and the client and where things were managed. And with that, we were able to do... Um, put in a bunch of additional functionality in the scope length. So now, in the past, we supported Premiere and After Effects and Prelude, and each one of them had a hard coded format that we told the host we wanted samples in. So, in you know, for the most part, it was like YUV eight bit um, that was coming out of those hosts. Uh, no matter what your timeline was set to or your project. And so, you know, the big win is, you know, so now if you're a Final Cut X user, you can use Scope Link. Um, and Final Cut X and all the other hosts can now be set up in various formats. So you can do things like set up an RGB Scope Link connection so that you get, um, you know, if you're working with an RGB project out of, um, After Effects or something, you can do 10 bit. Um, so that should be that should be a welcome change for users.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it'll be interesting to see if people you know jump to it in Final Cut X the way a lot of them have with Premiere. Um,
1: yeah, I mean Premiere definitely was in a well, in a way, it was a sorrier state for scopes. Um, they, yeah, they both don't really offer scopes in the traditional sense, um, or, you know, in, neither of them offer incredibly useful set of scopes. Right. Um, you know, Premiere has problems with not doing Rec um, and being, you know, just really fairly limited, um and final cut has issues with just making them look too darn pretty to be usable anymore.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And yeah, so it's, you know, I think, I think there's definitely a reason to use, you know, the reason why we're targeting these apps is because we don't think that their scopes are sufficient.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to remember what else was in the uh, 332 release, but mostly just I mean, little tweaks. Do we want to mention days. hockey? Hockey's the big thing on our side. Oh yeah, we, I don't think we've talked about hockey before. No, I
1: don't. Hockey think we have.
0: is um, hockeyapp.com. It's a framework for crash reporting and user feedback that started on iOS, I think, and has now moved to the Mac and Android and maybe some other things. Um and the way hockey works is we sort of build it into our application. It's a simple sort of drop-in framework and a couple lines of code. Um if your app crashes, when you relaunch the app, you'll get a prompt saying, um we noticed that this app crashed, do you want to submit a crash report? Um and that'll get submitted to Hockey and, and via hockey to us. So a lot of people don't realize that when you click send report on a crash report that you normally get on your computer, that goes to Apple, but never goes to the end developer. Um so the only way we have to get those is if you sort of email it to us, whereas with hockey that actually gets directly to us. And even cooler, um, hockey does something called symbolizing symbolic sim- symbolic symbolicating. Symbolicating, symbolizing, symbolicating uh crash reports. And so by uploading um something called a DSIM file to Hockey, they can actually um tell us exactly where in the code the crash happened. And they actually have it even cooler, have a little desktop app that'll jump you right into Xcode at the line where the crash happened. Um, So we shipped this with ClipWrap a few versions ago, and the result was um, it revealed to us a bunch of sort of rare issues that some users were having
1: and that, not reporting
0: not yeah not reporting or that you know would have been really difficult to track down because they sort of only happened once and and we didn't have a great way to have any insight into what the crash was um and so we we're able to actually go through and, and clean up a bunch of issues that were probably long standing issues that we had never seen in our testing and never heard about directly um and so hopefully with scopebox we'll see some of the same things um, yeah i mean and with ClipRap it's worked
1: i mean It's been pretty dramatic. We've pretty much driven the number of crashes in the shipping version to zero. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten drastically, you know, we didn't have a ton of crashes before, but it's, you know, all those edge cases are pretty much gone now.
0: Yeah. The remaining issues we see tend to be um, from codec conflicts on machines, and that actually drove us to add an alert about that because we realized that, you know, so many of our crashes were being triggered by codec conflicts. No. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the other thing that
1: it's that it does that's really nice is it keeps all of these crash reports together. You know, in the past it's been like, oh, email that to us, and then we have it in you know in our ticketing system, and we sort of deal with it. What's nice about this is because it stores all of them and it knows where the crash occurred. It actually sort of collates them for Mm -hmm. us. So we can see like, oh, you know, your crash is the same one as these other three people, and oh, we can look at those tickets and oh, that was because, you know, they were running, you know, this weird thing. Or they you know, these other two turned out to be Hackintoshes. Is there any chance that you're not running a real Mac? Or... Right, right. So this is, you know, I yeah, I think it you know, it's a it's a pretty big improvement to our support game.
0: And, um, incredibly affordable. So if you're a small developer that does any sort of commercial Mac sales, um, or iOS sales yeah. or whatever, definitely take a look. Yes. Do and it, it has a lot of things that we're not using. A lot of features we're not using. You can actually use it as your support gateway and do a lot of other neat stuff with it. But I guess yes, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, through 332, everyone should update. Um, also has some fixes for Mavericks. Um, very minor mm-hmm. things, but if you're running Mavericks, you definitely want to be running that release.
1: A couple of cosmetic little, things.
0: Yeah. Uh, no update needed for ClipRap if you're already running ClipRap on Mavericks.
1: Yeah, so Mavericks. What's Mavericks this? is out. This.
0: What is this? Um, Apple had an event this week. They announced a bunch of hardware, which we'll get to in a bit, and also announced that... Uh, um mavericks os 10.9 is was available immediately which was a little bit of a surprise um i kind of expected
1: that but yeah it yeah. was yeah it could have gone
0: either i way. kind of figured they would say like available next week or something but uh instead mm-hmm. everyone who had reviews ready to go had to quickly pull the trigger <laughs> right um and they've already had pretty good adoption. I think um, you know the reports today are saying that adoption rates are around four times higher than Mountain Lion already. Um, yeah, well, I mean,
1: not to spoil the uh, the lead of the story, but it's pretty easy when you don't have to get any money for it.
0: Yeah, so that uh, that would be the lead. Well, first Mavericks in general. Um, any big thoughts? We've both been running it for a while now. No, I mean, it's fine. It seems like an improvement. I'm excited about the,
1: like, focus on battery. I haven't seen any great improvements. Um.
0: Yeah, I was um, in John Syracuse's massive review of Mountain or of Mavericks, um, he found on a current MacBook Air, got, what, a, a 20% bump in battery life just with web browsing and, you know, went from insane to really insane, like, 15 and a half hours. Wow. Um but that's pretty cool, man. I need a new MacBook Air. Those things are nice. I need a new MacBook Retina. They need they need Retina on the air. I have a soldering iron. Mm, I don't think that'll work. Um. So everything about Mavericks is better except for Mail, which is horribly, horribly broken.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: If you're, I, using, we already talked about this. I think, but if, it's if you're not using good. Mail.app with Gmail, you're gonna suffer. Don't. It's just yeah. the worst. Yeah. Um I guess I'm still holding out hope they're going to fix it, but
1: you been, have to assume they will.
0: But it's been okay. broken in the betas for what, six, you know, since WWDC. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. It's very unfortunate. Um but, you know, you get what you pay for. <laughs> uh, see what I did there?
1: No, I don't. I was witty. What did you do?
0: That that was me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Mavericks is free.
1: Yes, I work is. is
0: free. iLife is free. Everything's free now, Mike. Is Scopebox free?
1: No, it's not. Why not? Um, I don't know. Because Apple doesn't pay our salaries for some reason.
0: So that was a bit... I mean, I think a lot of people had an inkling that the OS 10 update might be free. Um, they've been driving the price down and down and down for years
1: yeah so now we okay we we need to have a talk about this Um, this has been something that people have been people have been making this bullshit argument about Sarah Ben Zoxley for years right well yeah, like the I, reason why Apple needs to charge for the update to the iPad Touch and the iPad Touch is because of carbon The reason why Apple needs to charge for, you know, Mountain Lion is carbon oxley
0: right? And and I'm not sure. I, I I'm not an expert on this. I know they've been increasingly recognizing sort of all of their revenue on a sort of uh, subscription type basis, where they recognize it over time. Mm -hmm. And so it may be that they'd already sort of done the accounting voodoo they needed to do to make this possible. Um, You know, my understanding is that's probably also why they're ostensibly only giving iWork um, and iLife away for free on iOS devices if you, with new devices. Mm, Um, yeah.
1: But. So you think they're, they would like to just give them away for free.
0: Yeah. But they can't. I suspect so. I mean, all the evidence of what they're doing on the Mac App Store side indicates that. Yeah. Um, so, so okay, Mavericks is free. That's not a huge surprise. Um, they also announced that any new IO de- iOS device gets free iLife, um, which would be iPhoto and iMovie, and also free iWork um, pages, numbers, and Keynote, all of which got updates. On um, iOS or on Mac? Both. Oh. And okay, I didn't so, hear that part. so that's all free. And then also, they announced that any new Mac, in addition to coming with iLife, like they always have, you'll now be eligible to grab iWork for free. And iWork got updates as well. Yeah. And, um, and so, then, even further, and this is the part that I think tells us that they really just want to give this stuff away. If you already yeah. had iWork installed, iLife installed, or even things like Aperture installed, uh, Mavericks automatically gives you a Mac App Store copy of that application, which is something that indie developers have been asking for forever, I and mean, customers right. have been asking for forever. Um, yes. Apple's done it for their own stuff. Yeah. So, so I mean, and I should clarify what this means. It means even if you had a pirate copy of Aperture, or you had um, you know a trial version of iWork, you now have a free full copy of that application.
1: Wait, it works with the trial, too? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Okay,
1: I mean, okay, so I get why they want to do this, and I get why if they're going to make them free, they might as well really make them free. But uh, that still doesn't help. It feels like there are drastic things broken with the Mac App Store, and Apple is making it worse, not better. Because they have an entirely different set of needs than we do. Yeah. Um, because obviously, we don't want this. I mean, it would be nice to have some way to transition someone from, to and from the App Store. You know? Well, I mean, it'd be nice if there's a way to transition everyone to the App Store. I mean, that would have been, that would probably make it far more likely that we would release an App Store only version of something right or application um
0: but i don't i mean
1: uh, i don't uh, making everything free i don't know what do you think about this
0: i mean so my my can you know okay first off as a user i love it like it's awesome i get free software i don't have to buy it and i get cool stuff right um as a developer yeah i mean i'm concerned one that it you know, gives people a false understanding of how the app store works. Cause you know, we already get questions occasionally saying like, I bought from you. How come I can't download from the app store or vice versa? Um, and now for some applications that does work. Um, and then I think right. my bigger concern is just this idea of, you know, Apple's already driven the cost of software so far down and now they're driving it to zero. Um, and... Yeah, I'm of, I'm of two minds about that. So I
1: agree that you know, Apple has basically gutted the ability to charge you know, living living wages, living costs for app development. Um you know, and especially on the iOS side. There's just there's no way. I mean, you want to know why the whatever app you want doesn't exist on the app store. It's because you can't make it and not unless it's a hobby. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and that's Apple's fault to a large extent. Um,
0: right. insofar so far as there's a lot of stuff they could have done to keep pricing up and discourage right. well, their race yeah. to the bottom. Yes.
1: Um, but until now, Apple was like the least offensive, like their store encourages a race to the bottom, but they always charge fairly heftily for their apps.
0: Mm, I think I'd push back on you
1: a bit on that. I mean, okay. So they did like gut their pricing for their pro apps and a few other things, but like, you know, at least on, uh, but they were some of the more expensive iOS apps. Yeah, that's true.
0: On I mean, iOS, Mac I would App agree.
1: store is worse, I guess, because they actually sort of set the top. You know, they set the high watermark for app pricing at you know ninety nine bucks or whatever seventy nine bucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that oh. I do have issues with that. Like with Compressor being fifty dollars, that sets the ceiling for what you can charge for a app that manipulates video files you know
1: well i don't
0: i mean i'm not convinced it actually does but well it at least makes it a lot harder yeah but on the other hand like you're you're hinting at you know competing on price i mean obviously competing on price with apple isn't an option because they don't need to make money from software right and so yeah so one thing that this does i think
1: is it It removes them from the conversation some. Like my hope is that this makes it sort of a given that their that their software is a loss leader. Okay,
0: so like, what you're saying I And mean, is... I don't know if that's gonna happen.
1: So so it used to be that they charged, you know, not enough to actually develop their software and maintain it, but they charged enough to like make it look like they might. Um and then subsidized it with hardware revenue. Whereas now they don't. So now it's just like, yeah, no, this is free, you know. It's like it's like the power cord we include with the Mac. Um and I think that may that may change the signal that's being sent to naive customers.
0: Sure. So like now- I think, I think-
1: They may get the idea now. They're like, "Oh, well, that's just that comes with my computer. That was part of buying the computer. That's why it's free as long as I bought a computer, Mm -hmm. right?" It's like all the little, you know, it's like all the crappy CDs that come with my Windows machine when I buy it that I never install, or it's like all the junk that comes on my Android phone. Um, you know, it would be even better if it all was just pre-installed. But I still think this is a, a. you know, And the other thing it does is it removes Apple from all of the top-grossing lists on the store. That's true. Which is good. Yeah. Um, so here's a question for you. They did this event, and they talked about iMovie, and they said iMovie's free. They did not talk about the big rumor on the Twitters that they were going to show Final Cut Pro,
0: and I'm not surprised because they didn't demo the Mac Pro. Uh, right. And it would have only made but, sense.
1: But the site has been updated, and it says, you know, it's coming, new version of Final Cut Pro, coming with the Mac Pro in December. Do you think there's going to be a pricing change when they do that?
0: I don't know. It's so hard to say. I mean, there, there's no incentive for them to do that, but there's no disincentive to keep them from doing that either, really. I think... I think
1: okay so i don't know what the internal politics are and something like this but i can imagine if you're like randy obelios and you're running this department and you report to tim cook and tim cook has his i assume excel spreadsheet i don't think he actually uses numbers does he no okay so he's got his excel spreadsheet Of all of the, like, profit and loss statements by department. Like, wouldn't you rather there be a zero in the income column for your department than, like, some
0: tiny little number? Some number less than your expense cost. Yeah. Well, hold on a sec, Molly, go lie down. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that certainly makes it sense because then you can
1: say, because right now the argument is like, well, yes, we're not actually profitable. And yes, this is a lot of like bad publicity, but it
0: leads to X number of sales, right.
1: whatever. Right.
0: Whereas if it's, if all their software was
1: free, one, people will complain a lot less because I don't know, people don't complain about free.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and two, you can just be like, every Mac Pro ever bought, you know, right. was because of me. So
0: I get all of that green in my column, too. Yeah, I think that's a valid case. I don't I don't know. I don't um, know if he has
1: control over
0: whether they charge for the app or not. And, of course, but, we, ha- we have no idea how many copies of Final Cut X they're actually shipping. And it may be that, you know, if that number... But it was incredibly
1: successful. I mean, it is incredibly successful. Right. And they've made a lot of money. And... You know, they have the advantage of not charging for upgrades. So, yeah. <laughs> who bought the first version is still counted. But, uh, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. I guess we'll find out in December when the machines start shipping, um, I would guess. I,
1: you know, I can. My inclination is that they're going to mm-hmm. just cut the cost of all of those apps to zero.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, you know. It would certainly do a lot to drive Final Cut X adoption, which is good for them.
1: Yeah, and I mean... I don't... Yeah, it's kind of good for them. I don't... I still don't entirely understand why they have the Pro apps at this point.
0: Yeah. It it doesn't make a ton of sense. Although, on the flip side, you know, if this new version of Final Cut really is designed to max out a Mac Pro, it yeah. drives sales of a 3000 dollar computer. Yeah, Um, I
1: can't say I completely understand why they still make the Mac Pro either Uh, I mean yeah they might as well I'm sure it's profitable
0: what do you think um, so the rumors on Twitter were crazy about Final Cut X Um, the update on the site and, and this was sort of hinted back at WWDC as well basically says there's going to be a new version that supports dual GPUs and real time 4K everything Right. Um, are you expecting anything more than that? What else would they? Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. So the rumors were that it's being rewritten from the ground up. Yeah.
1: Um, which is not true. I don't think. No. Oh. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing they changed is that they now probably moved everything from OpenGL to OpenCL. Um, you know, it used to be that everything was OpenGL and then you could sort of spin up your own OpenCL context if you needed it. Um, my guess is that every plugin is going to be a little mini OpenGL context so that it looks like it used to. But that behind the scenes... you know, because, uh, I don't know. Because, I mean, OpenGL buys you some things... Um, for positioning content, but it doesn't it doesn't scale across.
0: Right, from a compute perspective, it's a lot better to have OpenCL kernels through GCD.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's hit or miss. It depends on what you're trying to do, but I'm guessing I mean, in terms of the more stuff, stuff they want open to move games. to OpenCL, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can run multiple OpenGL contexts and right. share stuff between them. I don't know. But there are certain advantages to OpenCL that might be worth it at this point for them. So I can see that, you know, their pipeline behind the scenes was rewritten. But I don't think the whole app
0: was. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, more broadly, what do you think of um, the Mac Pro pricing and all the news around that? I mean it's there. what it starts at twenty nine ninety
1: nine yep. ninety nine ninety nine. Um yeah, I mean it seems like a good price. I it was lower than I was expecting it to be. I just wasn't really I guess I wasn't expecting them to offer such a stripped down version. Which yeah, is not that stripped down, but still. Yeah, I, I mean it's expected pricing to start around five grand and be like the one they're selling that's five grand.
0: Um, I, I mean, it, it's interesting the pricing because actually, at three grand, what you're getting is, you know, from a compute perspective, probably about on par, maybe, you know, plus or minus with uh, a high end iMac, um, you're getting the GPUs.
1: Yeah, you're getting the two GPUs and you're getting the faster bus yeah. speed and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. but. The, the big selling point. I think, I mean, if you're buying that over a Mac pro and you're not buying it on aesthetics or something else, you're buying it for the GPUs.
1: You mean if you're buying it over a, or over an iMac? Over an iMac yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, uh-huh. but that's been true for most users. That's been true all along with the Mac pro. Like there are people who need a Mac pro, but for the most part, you know, I would guess a large percentage of them could use an iMac just fine or a Mac mini. You know, and it's largely you know per- perception. I, I think that's definitely totally true. I perception, mean, I yeah.
0: Still see a lot of people saying, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be editing video, so I better get the maxed out Mac Pro." It's like, "Well, are you gonna be editing like Red yeah. Raw? You know, exactly like, like, 5K, or are yeah. you shooting ABC HD?" And yeah, yeah. So,
1: but yeah, it, I mean, they see, It seems like a nice computer. I'm excited about how quiet that's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I mean. I think it's going it to be really nice. nice. Um, yeah. We should throw in a link. Did you see the link on Kotkey to the guy analyzing their how Mac pros are made video?
1: Oh, um, the new, like, the, the way they die stamp them? Yeah, he went yeah. through
0: all the different steps that are shown in the Apple making a video and talked through, like, oh, this is this robot arm and this is this. and Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I can't wait to just get my hands on one to actually, like, have my hands on one, um, you know. Yeah, they're small. Yeah.
1: They're both deceptively small and and deceptively large.
0: I kinda wonder how heavy they are. There's a fair amount of aluminum in them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're basically a giant heat sink. They're gonna have to be fairly heavy.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be yeah, pretty cool to see how they work. Um so from three ninety nine or from two ninety nine two nine nine nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. There we go. Whatever. Two and three nines. Um is that the Borg? No, that was oh. Um and you will be able to BTO presumably on up to the twelve core Intel Xeon chip, which is going to cost you all the money in the world. Yeah, but that's going to be a
1: nice machine. I don't even care about the twelve core. I want the two D seven hundred GPUs. Yeah,
0: with uh, six gigs of RAM each. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. That's going to be pretty ridiculous. I'll be curious to see how much um, storage you can get. You know, they ship with a five twelve SSD, I think. Um, and you can go up to a terabyte, but I wonder if in the other config, I wonder if you'll be able to BTL up beyond that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, at some point you might as well just hang it off Thunderbolt. Yeah. But, but yeah, it'll be a nice machine. Definitely. I will. And those come out in December, they said. They did. Yeah. Um, which means like January 1st.
0: Yeah. It was a little surprising actually. I didn't think they would take quite that long, but they've got a lot on their plate.
1: Yeah. What else they got?
0: Well, um, so the other things they announced at the show or at the event were new Retina MacBook Pros. Um, They've ditched the 15-inch normal MacBook Pro finally, as we predicted. Um, And so the new Retina MacBook Pro still has integrated graphics in the highest high-end model, but not in the mid or in the... the, the Still has discrete graphics. Still has discrete graphics, sorry. In the high-end 15-inch, not in the base 15-inch, and not in the 13-inch. Right, they uh, never had it in the thirteen. Right, and
1: so they've added a crappy tier. Right to the fifteen. The fifteen,
0: and otherwise it's about what we expected. Haswell, has a PCi SSD, better battery life, um, same screen. Yeah, Thunderbolt two. Yeah, it be. yeah, it
1: should be a you know
0: it should be a good
1: Apple always nails it by the second revision. Yeah, it, sh- it should be the first working Retina. You don't know. You've had more problems than most people, I think. Yeah. Um, you push your computer a little more. I mean, not everyone's running ScopeBox. scope
0: box. Yeah, that's true. And driving an external monitor on this GPU seems to really...
1: Yeah, that, that's a lot of pixels. I mean, you're yeah. literally... It's like cool. driving 227 inches, which I don't think I could do for my laptop either. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Should be nice. And then they also announced the new iPads, and the iPad line to me is completely perplexing. And what I was hinting really? in terms of supply is that the, it sounds like their Retina iPad minis are going to be an extremely constrained supply. Yeah, so the, they've got the mini, the Retina
1: mini, the, the two. iPad 2, why? Well, I, I don't get that one. And then uh, the yeah. new Air, which is
0: a Retina iPad might be like before. Yeah, with an A7 chip and thinner and lighter. Yeah. So what I don't get is so it's they kept the old iPad around at two ninety nine. And um they mm-hmm. added the new retina iPad mini at three ninety nine. and then they kept the iPad two at three ninety nine, the air at four ninety nine, and then you can add cellular to all of those for one hundred and twenty nine dollars or whatever, hundred and thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand I I don't know. I don't love keeping the old products around like that in that way, you know, only dropping 30 bucks off the iPad mini. From a development perspective, you end up with this pretty wide split of performance that's still being shipped. Um,
1: Yeah, but I mean, this is a
0: commodity market. We're going to have to get used to that. Yeah. And
1: I mean, you know, the majority of stuff you're developing for is not performance constrained. You know, I mean, look at all the apps you have on your iPad or your iPhone. Most of them are, you know, glorified web views. Sure. And those will run just fine no matter what. I mean, those people, I mean, they're not going to drop support for old hardware anyways. Apple's always, you know, as long as Apple keeps dragging his old hardware along with the iOS support. You know, that's really the only way you can constrain your support is when Apple drops, you know, what hardware is supported by the newest OS. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, can you even do that in the iOS app store? Can you constrain it to hardware? I thought so.
0: Yeah, but you have to do it. You have to do it with some odd constraints. You can't just say this iPhone. You have to say, like, I need a retina display or I need a... Front-facing camera, or right, yeah. So they're looking for specific features,
1: not specific CPUs. Yeah, yeah, or any, yeah. So it'd be hard to do something that only ran fast, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. Um, so you don't you don't find this pricing strange at all? I mean, it's a lot of options. Apple's never
1: been big on a lot of options. I suspect that if you go into the An Apple store, it's predominantly Retina minis and Airs on the tables. Mm -hmm. And they sort of hide the two somewhere.
0: And I've sort of assumed that the fact that they renamed the iPad the iPod Air is an indication that the iPad mini is now the primary iPad.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It's It's
0: weird that it's like the
1: opposite of the, the laptop line
0: where the the airs are the the
1: littler ones ones. and the cheaper ones (laughs) i mean it's really not the i mean it's the largest with the exception of the two it's the largest product they sell in the ipad
0: right and the air or the ipad retina actually the mini retina actually got a little bit bigger i hadn't realized that at first oh i didn't know that either yeah um probably for battery yeah yeah Hmm. i mean they look nice definitely i can't wait to see one of the retinas um I don't think I'll upgrade my iPad 3, but... Yeah, I won't either.
1: I, I don't even know which one I have. It's fine. I guess I have the 3. So they still have an iPad 2, which still has a 30-pin. Right. So is that the last product now with the 30-pin?
0: Uh, I think they still sell an iPad Classic, or an iPod Classic.
1: Oh, the original iPod. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that doesn't count. I mean, no one buys that. Yeah, I don't think... Unless they really need 200 gig of storage. Right. I don't know. So what's the... I mean, they've gotten rid of all of them on the phone side, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they put out the C. I'm sort of surprised they didn't do that and get rid of the I. I mean, I guess they just don't have the numbers yet.
0: No, I guess because they, they still sell the 4S. They do? That's their free phone now. Oh,
1: okay. So, yeah. So... Never mind. It's just a broken world.
0: Yeah. Huh. Well, we will uh, wait and see. I can't wait to look at one, and I hope they sell well for Apple's sake. Um,
1: Yeah, I think they should do okay, I'm guessing.
0: Did did you watch the video they did in the event of um, how people are using the iPad? No. It was a pretty nicely done piece
1: School children,
0: well, school children, and astronauts, and doctors, and everyone pilots. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it is a pretty awesome device.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's yeah, it's neat. I like it. I don't use
0: it. I use mine every day. So, yeah, you should get
1: a new one then. You earned it.
0: Is it? I earned it from me. Yeah. I don't want it from me, though. Oh, never mind. Okay. Um, Was there anything else from the event that you wanted to bring up? Um, You know, Marco Armit put out a piece today on his website saying that it felt like a sort of dud of an event in terms of energy and everything else.
1: And it seemed fine to me.
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, carrying on from what we said about the iPhone event. Like, iPad is now a maturing product. Um, Right. You know. It gets I mean, better each year. I, yeah.
1: I mean, it was a dud of an event for Marco because they didn't sell anything Marco wanted.
0: Um, you know,
1: and the only, you know, with the exception of, like, the MacBook Pro, which right. he already knew about. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Or are not the MacBook Pro, the Mac Pro. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, okay, so the one thing I guess I do want to bring up is Mac Pro will run three 4K monitors. True. They keep saying this over and over and over. Yep. And they don't sell one. Nope. Yeah. And so I still own a pile of these 27 inches. And they're you very... You stack them
0: like that. It's not good They're
1: for them. very thick. No, you can, because they've got that really wide bezel. You can like literally put the foot of the one on the top of the next one up. I, you know, like the iMac is so thin and it's got a whole computer in there. When do I get my thin 4K retina 27-inch?
0: I would say 50-50 on December when the new ones ship.
1: You think they're just going to like, whoops, we made this?
0: Yeah, I don't think they're going to make a big deal about it.
1: Yeah, you might be right.
0: Um, But if not, then, you know, who knows? I've got to assume that as long as they can make the pricing look reasonable, they'd love to because selling the 27-inch cinema with a Mac Pro is a great sort of little boost in the store, right? it's yeah. really easy to check that box and Apple makes another 30% profit on that computer sale. Yeah. So, I don't see a reason not to do it. Um but I think it's only if they can make the pricing such that enough people are going to check that box. And right now with the Asus 4K monitors running over $3,000, I'm not sure that they could make I'd, case.
1: I'd buy it for 3 grand. I think my original 30 inch was 3
0: grand. Yeah. Yeah. When but, I bought it that was back before inflation. <laughs>
1: Wait. <laughs> Wait for so it. Yeah, so back when they were five grand in current dollars, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, but we all made more money because uh, our pay hasn't kept pace with inflation. That's true. So that's probably true. Of course, you were like a twenty-year-old yeah. college student at the time, so. I didn't buy
1: my first one in college did I? No I
0: think you bought a 23 or something
1: No I bought that I I feel like I bought that in Soho Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah you're right when you built your editing rig
1: Yeah I bought that with the XR Raid (laughs) Another good investment Yeah That's a nice machine though
0: Which true. true What else? Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else from that event. It's been, uh, you know, a good week for Apple, I think, overall. Yeah. So one thing I do, I guess we could talk about, we're kind of running out
1: of time here, but so Mavericks is free now, which means we're basically where we were with iOS, right? Do you think this is a game changer for adoption rates?
0: Oh, yeah, that was, a yeah. You um... know, because,
1: like, No one, there's no iOS development house that supports more than current and previous OS releases.
0: Yeah, with a few exceptions.
1: Right, but there's none.
0: In particular, verticals.
1: Right, but there's really none.
0: Um, Yeah, I think so. I mean, it certainly makes me a lot more comfortable targeting Mavericks, um, especially for new apps, obviously.
1: Or like Mavericks and Mavericks Minus One. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that seems like it can become...
0: I mean, the, the point is, if you were already targeting Snow Leopard and up, which presumably you were um, at this point, you know, the issue has always been that if you missed, if you didn't stay current, it became really hard to get current. And what they've done with Mavericks is said, even if you're back on Snow Leopard, Snow Leopard, one, moving to Mavericks is free, and two, you can move directly from Snow Leopard to Mavericks, which didn't used to be possible. Yeah. Um, and so I think between the two of those things, we'll get a lot of the laggards who you know skip releases caught up. Mm-hmm. I think you know you'll still have to make a distinction about the few straggler machines that can't come come forward, like the Mac Pro one one and a few of the early iMacs and, and MacBooks. Um, you know, if no, you're selling, but they're definitely
1: going to gonna be a vocal. I mean, they're going to be a a minority. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not minority. worth sinking a ton of.
0: I mm-hmm. you know it depends on your market if you're targeting yeah. a lot of you know emerging economy markets or education markets where there's a lot of second hand machines then where
1: they have a 3 year rollover
0: right you, you probably yeah. want to you know keep those machines in the loop but if you're selling to mainstream apple customers I would say you're better off targeting mavericks and use the extra time to make your app cooler and just assume that the roughly you know what 15% of users you're going to cut out are you know probably weren't going to buy your app anyways
1: yeah yeah i mean i think that i think we'll see more of that going forward
0: i mean it's at least nice to be able to say to someone who inquires saying i'm on 10.7 i want to run your app you're gonna say well hey it's free to move to mavericks that's something you should think about when you're ready you know yeah Um, yeah i think it's also interesting this this release at least from what i've seen has been fairly flawless um I haven't really seen horror stories of my machine doesn't boot anymore. It ate all my data, any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and that makes me as a, you know, developer a lot more confident recommending people upgrade. Yeah. I agree. And the fact that it's just like you launch the app store one day and along with all your other updates, it says, do you want to update your OS? Yeah. You know, where you that's going to encourage a lot of people yeah the fact that, that you get
1: a notification by default and, that and, will actually trigger the update yeah I mean you have to try not to update now
0: right and you and I are trained to think that OS updates are big scary things um,
1: I'm not I don't Well, I mean you're one of those people who questions whether or not you should do a clean install I don't even back up before I do an OS update
0: but I think for most users, it is, you know, especially if you're on iOS and you're used to doing those, like,
1: um, yeah, I mean,
0: they've been pretty solid for a while now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it. And they've got, you know, the fact that they laid all the groundwork with, with, was it with Lion when they added like recovery console and all that stuff, um, you know, they've made the consequences of a problem so much less because they can do network installs and network recovery and yeah. Um, well, good. So everyone will be
1: on Mavericks next week. I
0: you know. I suspect it'll be close to that. It's gonna be quick. It's gonna take a while for some users, but it's definitely um gonna be quicker than ever before and, and as a developer I think you can you can be more confident in it.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's
0: wrap this up. All right. Chatter. What do you got? Um, I have a link to a Wired article on how beautiful DOS viruses were. It's from a guy who collected a bunch of DOS viruses and then ran them and recorded sort of what happened and all these DOS viruses that like drew really cool things to the screen when they triggered um, or, you know, played music. Um, I don't know, did all kinds of cool stuff. So I'm just a bit, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of um, this sort of, you know, demo scene and some of these cool, bits of development so I think these are pretty cool so they have animated gifs where you can watch them
1: nice so they are they are cool looking visually right not not the source code itself
0: right this one is not source code although if you're interested in that I'd highly recommend you check out the uh, demo scene websites
1: okay um So mine this week has been going around on the Twitters. It is a designer who basically it's just this 10 minute video where he goes through and recreates all of the like just the iOS icons on the springboard in Microsoft Word using their sort of rudimentary drawing tools.
0: And so um, what lesson can we learn from this?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, there's not a great lesson here, I don't think. It's just that, you know, well, one, your tool doesn't matter all that much. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but given the time
0: and the ambition and effort.
1: Yeah. It's skill it skill matters more. Yeah. But, you know, I think, and there's probably a bunch of people would say that this means that they weren't designed enough, but I disagree with that. Yeah. But it's just fun to see like someone basically beating up against the constraints of their tool. Yeah. That's all. And, and winning. That's always fun to see.
0: Yeah. And I, yeah, it's not like he's advocating that this is the way you should design things. No, it's a proof that I can do it sort of thing. Exactly. So. And he can. Yep. Works for me. Cool. Well, we will uh, see you next week when we're all running Mavericks on our shiny new MacBooks and Pink. iPads. Eh? Yes. Okay. Sure. Subtle hint there.
1: Uh. Oh, right.